Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast on a Thursday. I'm in Pittsburgh. I am Kevin Acey. My boss, Jay Posner, he's in San Diego, keeping the fort down. Jay, four games, supposedly, against the Pittsburgh Pirates, the somewhat surprising Pittsburgh Pirates uh, this weekend. What are you looking for, Jay? I'm looking for games that finish before deadline, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> let's, well before let's get, deadline. Let's get to the uh, truth here. We're, we're, we're always excited about these 4 o'clock starts. Um, mm. But as we talked about the other day off the podcast, since we do talk other times during the <laughs> week, uh, there is a little bit of concern about the weather. And who knows, since this is the Padres' only trip there, I'm sure they're going to do whatever they can to get these games in. So what's the forecast as you, as we speak now at about 10 a.m. Pacific time, six hours before scheduled first pitch? Looking like tonight's game would be a go. Uh, also, the locals here have been hearing about these terrible rainstorms like all week starting Monday, and it's barely rained. So, so it sounds like here where it like, you know, oh, we're going to have the mother of all storms and we have storm watch and then we get, you know, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.02 inches or something. Yes that they're used to weather and uh, they don't really care. So, and this would actually be good weather. This would be like spring for them. So anyway, it's, it, look, uh, how about speaking of concern, if this game is played, level of concern about Eric Lauer? Well, I, I think Eric Lauer needs to have a good outing. I, I would probably even tonight, don't you think? I mean, I, yes. I don't know how long they can, they can do this, especially his next outing would be against the Nationals. Um, and the one after that, you know, I don't know. Well, it could be against the Dodgers or the Marlins, whatever. I haven't looked that far ahead. But I, I would think this is a situation where he needs to show tonight uh, some signs of what we saw from him in his good start. Uh, yes, and, and, and some of his situation in terms of being sent down – could be a, a factor. Other things could be a factor. Brett Kennedy's on the DL, ankle injury. Not supposed to be serious, but you know, you're know you not going to pull him off the DL and, and right to the majors. There's a guy who's probably going to be up this year. Um, Luis Perdomo, when you bring him back up, you want him to stay because it's not like you know you just you, you could. As a matter of fact, other teams have done it, but you don't want this him riding the shuttle between the minors and the majors, uh, though he has certainly shown signs. I'm going to ask, obviously, about all these things later today. Um, but you're right, Eric Lauer, he had more to prove than other guys. I mean, Joey Lucchese, there was a certain level of, hey, we think what this guy has shown in his rapid rise through the minors and in spring training that, you know, we're going to be able to work with this project here. Okay. Eric Lauer, really kind of a shrug. What do we have? He shocked them. He made it this quickly and, and that things were working out as well as they were. And it might play. It might not. So, uh, yeah, he's and had I, and one I, and a half good starts. Right. And I don't think it's the end of – the world and that we can just write off Eric Lauer if he has to go back to El Paso, uh, you know, for a couple months and, and, and work on some things and then come back. I mean, I, I, yep. I would hope that people would be smarter than that, that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't automatically mean, Oh great. Here's another first round bust for the Padres. I mean, we're, we're nowhere near that point, uh, and understand for, for, for Eric Lauer. So I, I, you know, hope, go ahead. About Eric Lauer and Joey Lucchese, good timing by these fellows because absolutely they are here now because Michelle Baez and Adrian Morajone and, and Mackenzie Gore and, and, and uh, Chris Paddock, Anderson Espinoza, the, the names that the Padres, best case scenario, those are their five starters. <laughs> and, and they're hoping that a couple of those turn out to be the top of the rotation starters they are. So that's why these guys get to work through their stuff now, Joey Lucchese and Eric Lauer. 
No doubt. But I think Eric Lauer needs to show that he's can pitch better than I guess what, like Brian Mitchell, um, in, in order to, in order to stay in the rotation. Oh. I mean, you don't want to throw the guy out there and, and wreck him or anything. So I, I, I think tonight would be, uh, kind of a, a make or break in a short term, uh, situation for, for Eric Lauer, certainly not in the long term, but for the short term, if he pitches well, then, you know, we'll see him in Washington. If he doesn't pitch well, maybe there's another option that they go to. And, and obviously, Lucchese being on the DL doesn't, you know, doesn't help matters either um, because they are a, a, a starting pitcher short right now. Uh, the off day yesterday carries them through that. But by Monday, you know, you're going you're gonna to need to, or Tuesday, I guess, when Lauer's turn comes up again, you're going to need another guy. I guess you're going to need another guy this weekend, right, when it's, uh, when it's Lucchese's turn. Yeah, I mean, that's when uh, it comes up in the rotation. So does that mean that you would pull up? Because uh, actually the, the the problem is that Clayton goes before Lucchese. Um Tyson Ross, do you, do you move him? You know, he, he pitches two days before. So, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> in terms of like, you know, trying to manipulate the rotation. I don't know that that works out right now. Can they do it later? Because they have a, a number of guys actually that they would not, I wouldn't say like hard counts on the amount of innings or pitches that they throw this year, but there's a number of guys uh, that they're kind of watching and don't want to throw, you know, 160, 180 innings. So I think the rough, the rotation manipulation will go, but I, you're right. I don't think it works uh, this weekend. Of course, best case scenario, right? They get a couple games in, then a rain out. Um, and, uh, right, they get an right. Extra no, there's uh, of course, and and I you can they can always throw Robbie Erlin out there to start. I mean, they could always throw Brian Mitchell out there to start. I mean, there are guys that are on the staff that uh, hey. that could go out there, but yeah, at some point in these next five days, uh, there's no more. You know, depending on the weather, but chances are they're going to need five starters over the next five days, and right now they don't have five. The good news out of Eric Lauer's two and a third innings is in that same night, Brian Mitchell came in and had his second best start. So that was good. Five right. and two thirds, three right. runs. Well, you know, we so, are all about looking at the bright side. It's all we do. Here. It's all we do. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of the bright uh, side, what uh, let's let's go down. You we, we should we should promote the fact that you did post a mailbag a short time ago. I'm sure by the time some people hear this podcast, they will, of course, devoured all 1,600 words, I believe it was, of the mailbag. I, I, I think that's I what it was. It was kind of a slacker huh. day for you. Um, huh. But there are some interesting items in there about uh, Travis Jankowski, Luis Urias, uh, Jose Perella, uh, even a, a former CEO of the team that, that some segment of our audience seems consumed with. So I, I would encourage people to look that up and, and, and check that out. Well, let's start with Jankowski. I mean, I, at, at what point... And it's still too early, but at what point do you think we can believe that this is the real Travis Jankowski as opposed to what we've seen previously? So the evidence that it is, besides the fact that over, uh, you know, what, nine games in the leadoff role, he's batting almost 400, getting on base uh, well over 400. Uh, There was also a big stretch of 2016 in which he did this very same thing. Uh, And then it was hurt last year. So and probably hurt well before I think it was in Atlanta, well before uh, the, the season, you know, really got going. So you kind of throw that away. Uh, 
that's the evidence that, that there is, that this is the real Travis Jankowski. What is the real Travis Jankowski, since he obviously struggles against left-handers? Um, hasn't been given a lot of opportunity right now. Of course, he says that he thinks that, uh, you know, he, he's seen the ball so well and the, you know, going back to being who he is, waiting uh, through the zone, going the other way, just being who Travis Jankowski is, not trying to, you know, hit doubles and, and uh, just getting on base. Travis Jankowski, he thinks he would do better against lefties. Of course, who wouldn't say that? Um, what is Travis Jankowski? Look, if Franchi Cordero can figure out how to meld the whole on-base thing and play discipline with some more power uh, and, and improve a little bit there in the outfield because I think they've gotten away with a few things, uh, uh, his shakiness in the outfield, still learning the position. Let's remember he was an infielder, um, evidently worse as a shortstop than he was uh, as an outfielder. Um, Look, you can't ignore that, right? Will Myers, provided that someone isn't going to take on his big contract, and that's not me suggesting that they're trying to do that. I'm just saying. Uh, so there's two spots. They still – look, there's a lot riding on Manny Margot being the player they thought he was, and they got him in the Craig Kimbrell deal. I've just named three outfielders. They're only going with three. Uh, Travis Jankowski is a good utility player, but but is he better than that? I don't know, Jay. Well, at least we cleared that up. Um, I hope so. No, I, I do think. I How mean, we, awesome is this? We talked about this a little uh, last time that they are overloaded with outfielders right now, and they're they're trying to find out what they have. And I think it is difficult to find out what you have when you have so many, because you can't necessarily give everybody all the playing time that you would wish. I mean, the ideal thing is, and you know, I think you you joked at this in the in the mailbag is they'll just go with five five outfielders now. And, uh, you know, put, put Freddie Galvis on one side of the infield, Eric Hosmer on the other, catcher, pitcher, and then throw five outfielders out there. So maybe, maybe you can talk to Andy Green about that and see if, uh, see if he can make that happen, and then that will give us something else to talk about. But then what do you do with Jose Pirella? And I jest. Um, <laughs> Jose Pirella, look, he's a serviceable fielder for someone and maybe even attractive to someone if he can actually hit and those come in spurts with Jose Pirella uh, at this point, whatever it is, eight, nine years into being a professional player. Uh, he probably is what he is, which is a 260 hitter who maybe gets on base three, you know, 30% of the time. Yeah. And I, that's one of those things where, you know, as far as trade bait or anything, I, I, I'm not sure at this point that, that too many of these guys are worth much. That's the, that's the issue. It's the issue with trying to, to, to trade them when you have a surplus of just kind of okay guys is that, you know, nobody, nobody's going to give you great deals. Now, maybe, you know, maybe they, they get another Chris Paddock for Fernando Rodney. I mean, that happened, you know, that looks like it's going to work out. Um, well, maybe it's not straight up Tyson Ross for somebody. It's Tyson Ross and, and Jose Pirella. Sure. Sure. So there you go. Um, other than other than the outfield, Urias, look, uh, there has been discussion about the whole Super 2 thing. And this is interesting about the, the Super 2 thing. No one knows what makes up a Super 2 until the season is over. And that's because it's based on the playing time and the performance of a young player. And is he among the top percent of young players in terms of performance and playing time, it's a complicated thing, but they can estimate, and obviously they do that, and they've worked through that. So Jose Perella, in terms of any service time restrictions and them not wanting to pay him uh, you know, earlier, the big bucks earlier than they would expect to if he is who they think he is, that, that's done. So right now it's just when do they think Luis Urias is ready? And the concern there uh, is 
they think this guy's the future at second base. They think this guy's the future number two hitter, let's say. Um, and because I can't figure out Andy Green's lineups. Um, they, they think he's this, the future right there in the heart of the order. They want him. When I say they, AJ Preller, um, <laughs> they want him to come up and have success. Does that mean rookie of the year? No, but, but they, they want him to come up and be the same player that he's been basically at every step of the way. I mean, look at the guy right now. I don't know what he's batting. I think it's like 240. He's still getting on at like a 400 clip. I mean, right. this guy is like major league ready and most people see it that way. Uh, and I'm told it's like a matter of possibly days. Well, the great thing is like if they wait too much longer, they can call him up in June when the Padres have like, I, I counted this out the other day. I don't remember exactly, but they have like five home games in a span of, of almost a month. So uh, we can all watch them on TV and uh, and then, and not be able to go out to the ballpark and watch them. A little them, sad anecdote, Jay. Um, it's the first thing I thought of. Uh, and I know how much the people's heart bleed for the millionaires and in particular Chase Headley. Um, <laughs> Chase Headley looked at the schedule. It's like, dang, that's when my family's actually coming out when school's over. I'm going to be home like three days that month. Well, Chase doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Well, that's the life in the big leagues, right? <laughs> I'm, and again, I don't want to paint that wrong, but yeah. No, I, I understand what they. No, I understand what they're uh, what they're saying, but that is a a very strange schedule that we'll get to oh. as it as it gets closer. But it, it was amazing when I saw it. And, uh, you know, you look at June, I think they come home for a two game homestand and they come home for a three game homestand. And, and that's basically it for like a three week period or something like that. So, but this is a taste of that. I mean, you're getting, you're getting 10 games on the road here, uh, you know, weather permitting with, with Pittsburgh, Washington, and then back in LA before they, before they come home. So this is the first really extended, uh, trip of the year, I believe. And certainly the first extended trip outside of the Pacific time zone. I think the only time you've been east of Arizona was just to Houston, right? Houston and Mexico. Oh, right, in Mexico. Well, that was a home game. Those were home games, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? I looked up a crazy stat, Jay. Um, actually, just came upon it. I was going through my little book. Uh, Kaz Uhisa Makita, who has been blown up lately, right? Absolutely. Has not allowed no, he's been to yeah. run outside of Petco Park. He gets blown up only at home. So I would expect on this road trip, he absolutely shuts down the Pirates, the Nationals, and the uh, Dodgers. That includes, by the way, he didn't give up a, uh, a run in two innings against the Dodgers in Monterey, Mexico, which was technically a home game. So I just I a just, little fun fact. That's it. Well, we all know that Petco is just a huge hitter's park. And so I can't blame the guy for struggling, <laughs> you know, in an environment like that. I mean, that's, that's really difficult, but, you know, hopefully he'll adapt and, uh, and he'll learn, he'll learn to pitch there. Um, but yeah, he, I, I would say that's, you know, that's been another situation that hasn't worked out exactly as the, <laughs> as the Padres had hoped, but, uh, you know, other relievers have, I mean, you, you know, look at guys like uh, someone like Adam Simber. I mean, how much could we have expected uh, from Adam Simber at the start of the year. Absolutely. Kirby Yates uh, was off the, uh, you know, the scrap heap. Uh, Craig Stammen's career was basically over. So, yes, uh, th there you go. And I, I do wonder about this bullpen, about how many of those guys will be around. Because that, that's how everything – I look at everything on this team that way, <laughs> almost. Hey, you think this guy will be here in 2020? That's how I look at everything. Well, and it's not even 2020. It's will this guy be here in August? Uh, <laughs> you know, and especially with some of these bullpen guys um, – 
I'm, I'm still surprised that Brad Hand's here. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they didn't trade him because I, I don't know what they were offered. But, but I will say I was surprised that he wasn't moved. Uh, and I, I suppose he could be moved again, uh, you know, coming up this summer, depending on how desperate somebody gets for, um, you know, for a spot and, and whether Preller wants to pull the trigger on something like that. But I, as we've said, and I think you've written many times, there aren't too many guys on this roster who are untradeable. Um, at least from the Padres' perspective, uh, there may not I would be even there may not be guys one. that are wanted. But I see, I would say there's one who's untradeable. And again, I'm not trying to hint at a Will Myers trade. Okay? Right, that's not right. something that's even been broached. But I tell you that it has been uh, said to me, you know, somewhat in jest by a few people when I brought this up, and it's not something that they relish talking about. But you know, it's what you do. You go try to talk to as many people as you can. Um, Eric Cosmer is really the only untouchable guy. That's not to say everyone else is going to get traded or whatever. I think they've shown that uh, in a lot of ways they're going to they're going to do their best to, to to win now while having an eye on the future. But Eric Cosmer is it. Uh, so uh, th- there you have it. It is it, interesting because as while it's debatable and, and maybe even has been shown to a large extent, uh, AJ struggles in acquiring major league talent. AJ Preller at least for what people think prospects will be, has been pretty darn good at that. And he has held on to guys like Craig Kimbrell when good deals were out there in order to get what he considered was a great deal. Uh, Brandon Maurer, uh, I believe, was another one that was like, okay, we could and we'll hold just a little bit longer, not as long as he held Kimbrell, but, and then get a better deal. And those have worked out. So, eesh, yeah, it's almost like you – because Brad Hand is either stellar or gets shelled, and most often is stellar. Um, and so, well, yeah, you know, he's really like, only been shelled in two games this year. Right. I, I, one game I think was a, was really a walk that one Rockies game was all about walks, but he's, he's had three, I think two or three bad outings the entire, uh, you yes. know, the entire Perfect. year in terms of not getting, uh, not getting the job done. So, uh, it, it, there's no question Brad hand could help a lot of teams, um, in baseball right now. The only question is how much are those general managers willing to give up for him? You know, and again, he's a guy who hasn't given up a hit to a left-handed hitter all year. Um, Truly. So I mean, there are there are teams that could use that guy when it comes down to September and October, but how much are they willing to pay and how much is, is does Preller want to try to hold on to him? I, I still think at some point this year, if I had to predict, I would predict that Brad Hand gets traded. I think that's a very good prediction. This is, I mean, and, and some of that also – could, to a small extent, uh, depend on some minor leaguer uh, relievers that they want to see. And are those guys ready this year? Or how I should say, how soon are they ready? So, look, this is all about the deal that comes along. And if the deal comes along for Brad Hand, then he'll be gone. Yeah, and so. if it means they lose another three games this year, then that's, then that's what happens. That's just the price that comes with <laughs> it. And then you just hope that the guy they get is somebody that's, as you said, is willing, is going to be here to help them win a couple of years from now. So, um, anyway, all right. The sun's peeking out, Jay. I should oh probably my. get going. You need to get to the ballpark. Oh my goodness! A patch of blue sky in Pittsburgh. I really. This is the ballpark that you know. When I left baseball uh, twenty years ago, almost I had been to every ballpark at that time, and so many have been built since then. It's like, okay, where where do I want to go? This is this has been uh, the one probably of the ones I haven't been to and sat in that I've been looking forward to. Everybody raves about it. I've seen it obviously many a time walking uh, over to Heinz Field, 
to go to the uh, Steelers playing the Chargers, but I've never been inside, and I really look forward to it. Yeah, well, it should be uh, – hopefully it'll be a good weekend. Hopefully it's, it's uh, dry enough that they can play, and we will talk to you on Monday from our nation's capital. Lots of stuff going on there, too. We can talk about that if you want, if, you, if we really want to rile people up. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Have a good weekend. This has been a production of the UT Podcast Network.